Thank you for downloading and or streaming the Recasted Podcast. Uh, I'm Wayne G, joined as always by Jesse. What's going on? How are you? And I got two special guests today, uh, David Kifford and James Rowling from the Field of Screens podcast. How are you guys doing? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Good, thanks. Very good. Big fan of the podcast. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in a minute. Obviously, if you're listening to the show, please make sure that you check us out on Facebook at Recasted Podcast on Twitter at Recasted Podcast and on Instagram at Recasted Podcast 8. Um, normally, we start off with some news, Jesse and I, but we have 10 characters in this movie to recast. So we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, is that okay with you guys? You ready to go? Yeah, let's 100%. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. All right, so today we are going to do the 1999 Oliver film, Oliver film, Oliver Stone picture, uh, Any Given Sunday. Uh, you guys had actually picked this one out. I know when you had approached us about doing a joint show, I'm curious uh, what it is you guys like about the show Recasting. I mean, not Recast, I'm sorry. I'm just curious what you guys <laughs> like about the uh, the movie Any Given Sunday. Yeah, well, I think we found it a really interesting one, actually, when we did it for uh, our podcast. Um, we... We sort of both had initial thoughts on it that it was like a good film. And then I think James had a second watch and, and we sort of felt like there was more to it. There's more themes to it. And it just sort of grew on us. In fact, as I was reviewing it, it sort of grew on me, to be honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, we just really enjoyed it, didn't we, James? Yeah, it was um, it was one of those. I watched it and I felt like... Um... I didn't. I hadn't. Wasn't able to appreciate what was going on in it enough because there's. It's quite a busy film. A lot happens in it. Um, there's. Uh, there's a ton of characters as we're going to find out today. Um, so yeah, are we, there's so much going on. And after watching it a couple of times, and me and David actually rewatched it earlier this week, so we could make sure we've got some decent picks for you. Um, yeah, I was loving it again. You know, I think it's just. It's a. It's a proper classic. Before I have uh, Jesse give us his thoughts on it, I'm curious, just because our listeners are just tuning in, uh, kind of getting into the show, I'm curious if they wanted to find you guys. Like I said, I like listening to your show. I started off listening to the Days of Thunder episode because that's probably <laughs> one of my favorite Tom, Tom Cruise movies. And yeah. then... Uh, well, I like listen, it as well. But. Oh, it's total adrenaline rush, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, obviously, I, I listened to the Any Given Sunday. I just listened to the Varsity Blues one, uh, which was great. So where could people find you guys if they wanted to hear more of you? Uh, well, we're, we should be everywhere you get your podcasts. If you're not, please let us know. So, uh, Or you can find us on Twitter at FOS underscore pod. Um, so, yeah, Apple, Spotify, Google. Um, yeah, we've done, we started like last December. We've done about 20 movies now, a few bonus little chats. And, uh, yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah, we've loved it. Yeah, I, I recently uh, listened to uh, your, your Recon episode, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, that's a good one to catch. That's the good first one to listen to, actually. It was a good catch up. Yeah, yeah, we had to rush ourselves through it a little bit, but to be honest, we do uh, we do ramble on quite a lot. So if you want us to move on, just just give us a signal <laughs> yeah. or something, and we'll we'll move on because uh, we give us we everything like you got. Long. <laughs> just uh, can I ask you a really quick question before we start? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a football related question. Um, have you seen the film Safety? I haven't seen Safety. Have you the seen the Disney Jesse? film? 
Uh, that's the the Clemson player. Yeah, um, yeah. Right real has a, a, a family member live with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so so I've seen clips of it, but I have not seen the entire film. Okay, just wonder because we because we watched it and we did not understand what the hype was about. It's uh, yeah, I think if you've seen clips of it, you've seen as much as you need to see. Yeah, watch the, yeah, watch the trailer, man. If you've seen the trailer, you've seen the movie. Hundred percent. Yeah, the whole time you're just waiting for Trevor Lawrence to show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. and Wayne, if I'm correct, I think these guys called uh, Days of Thunder uh, Top Gun and Cars. Hundred, right. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. definitely what it is. It's uh, and uh, it's, uh, the, 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 my favorite thing I found out when I was reading up about that was it's Quentin Tarantino's favorite uh, racing film. So I can see that I could see him enjoying that. So yeah, I loved it. David's not not entirely sold on that film, but I I, I, I thought it was it. fine. It was fine, but uh, <laughs> was, I loved it. Yeah, I had, I had some issues with the attempted murder, uh, which just seemed to go completely unpunished. But there we go. <laughs> Oh, it's rubbing its racing, David. Just yeah. get on with it. <laughs> uh, so, Jesse, what did you think of uh, any given Sunday? Uh, personally, what did you think? Uh, well, I absolutely had to give it a rewatch recently because I wanted, like these guys, I wanted to make sure we gave our best effort in recasting it um, for such a great movie. Um, my my first uh, thought was, whoa, none of this stuff would really happen today. I mean, you don't have NFL players coming out with songs that are that graphic. You don't have... <laughs> Uh, owners of the team, especially female owners of the team, going into the locker room. And, and I mean, my mom actually watched the movie with me recently. And uh, as soon as we see that hog, it's like, there it is. I mean, it's, that's real life, baby. So it's, yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was a great film to, to watch. I think it covers so much um, between the drug use, what players will do to get their money, to get their bonuses, what owners, what GMs, what coaches go through. So, I think it's a fantastic film. One of my favorite NFL films or football films, but not my favorite football film of all time. Yeah, I was going to say something similar. Like, I didn't really love it as a football film. Uh, to me, the program is probably my favorite football movie of all time. Obviously, you've got uh, Rudy, I think, is one of the top football movies of all time. Uh, even something like the Gridiron Gang, which isn't as acclaimed, and obviously it doesn't have anywhere near the star power or the director power, I just think is a better movie than Any Given Sunday. What I did like about Any Given Sunday was a lot of the camera angles and the, um, you know, it was very rough and shaky at times, yeah, raw. particularly with a quarterback position. Now, I played quarterback in high school, and I can tell you that's what it feels like. You, you take the snap and everything goes crazy around you. It gets blurry. You're trying to just focus in on one receiver and you can hear the helmets cracking around you waiting for your turn to get hit. It's, it's nuts. We were saying, weren't we watching it, David? We, yeah. Because there's a couple of point of view shots from the quarterback. And I, I was like, Oh man, that's, that's too scary. I just, <laughs> it sounds like, that looks uh, pretty terrifying. Yeah. But yeah. I, th- I think yeah. what you say about the, the themes in the movie, like they're still really relevant today in fact possibly even more relevant like stuff is still the, the same stuff is around concussion around race it's all being discussed still so it's just really uh, still in a, such a modern movie really mm. absolutely yeah great points one of the things i like about doing this movie is that because it's an oliver stone film actors will typically work for less money to do a film with him and so you can get a star-studded cast and it's not going to cost you 400 million dollars so <laughs> I told Jesse, I said, all bets are off. We can pick anybody we want uh, for these roles. And uh, normally I try to keep him to a strict budget on some of these movies. But this one, I was like, all bets are off. Just take anybody you want for whatever role. Nice. 
Denzel well, says, will he be in generations, so that's good to know. <laughs> Um, so I'll start things off with uh, Tony D'Amato he's played by Al Pacino in this film Uh, at this point in his career obviously everyone knows who Al Pacino is he's been in three Godfather movies Scarface, Serpico, Heat Scent of a Woman he won Best uh, Actor for so he's very well established when he comes into this role he's the lead character I personally was looking for somebody in that 55 to 60 age range to kind of for that coaching position somebody kind of rough gruff authoritative Um, you might be intimidated by him although Willie doesn't seem to be um, so Jesse and I were talking about this and we had a couple of names that came up, but I kind of really liked the idea of Brian Cranston here as the head coach. I think, uh, Brian Cranston, obviously we know him from, uh, the judge Malcolm in the middle, but obviously breaking bad as Heisenberg, um, extremely good dramatic actor. And I'll let Jesse take it. Cause Jesse at one point said to me, he said, Wayne, I want Brian Cranston too, but you have to sell me on it. Like, why do I want him for this? And I'm curious, Jesse, what made you end up going with it? Uh, well, I mean, I had a, a good feeling about it. I mean, I presented you other people prior to that. I mean, I felt pretty handcuffed to like look at different football coaches prior to that. But then you provided me a clip um, from, I believe it was Godzilla. And, uh, you know, the passion he showed, uh, the way that he looked intimidating, the way that he was going to get his way, um, I felt sold after you you passed along that uh, so I mean you would certainly get your incentive after selling me. All right. What about you guys? What do you guys think of Cranston? And then uh, who do you guys go with? Well, I I, I like the Cranston uh, the Cranston shout actually. That's really good. I think one of the mm-hmm. things we were talking about we threw a couple of names out early doors like Christian Bale, um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was somebody we were wondering, but I really wanted somebody with a bit more of an edge to them. Like I didn't feel like they were quite rough rough enough um i really liked stephen graham who's uh been in like boardwalk empire and the irishman and was opposite pacino but he's probably a little bit too young so james managed to convince me on somebody else didn't you james yeah um you might feel like this is a bit of a left field one but we were looking for someone who could be really explosive on the sidelines and you know who could give a big performance because i mean al pacino's got some pretty big boots to fill so uh we ended up landing on nicholas cage okay another another godfather connection there obviously with the uh, uh the coppola family tree there yeah for sure and i can see cage he does have the intensity i do see him kind of losing his cool in a lot of his movies um <laughs> it's something that he does really well um yeah, I no one loses their cool like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe Gary Busey, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely like the Nicolas Cage. Uh, I, I guess I wouldn't have considered him just because I know he's the right age, but he, he looks younger than he is, I guess. Um, but when I really think about it and I try to put him on the sidelines talking to the players, I can definitely picture that. Yeah, I think he's about 15, yeah. Nick Cage is definitely yeah. He's he's weathered. I think he could certainly pull it off. Yeah, he looks like he's had a hard life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, All right. So, what about uh, if we uh, toss the ball to you guys and you lead it off with uh, Willie Beeman? What was your guys' train of thought with that particular character, and what were you looking for? I mean, as in complete contrast to our going all around the houses with uh, Tony D'Amato, I feel we like we pretty much came out with someone straight away and no matter how much we thought about anyone else, this person just kept on coming back uh, into our minds. They've got American football history 
on-screen uh, pedigree. So uh, we feel like we know they'll be up to the job. And uh, who was it, DKF? Who did we choose? Yeah, we we went for Michael B. Jordan, uh, most best, probably best known for Creed. Uh, I think there's even some vomiting scenes in Creed as well, so we know he's, he's got that covered <laughs> too. Um, so yeah, we we really just once we. I mean, it was probably the first name that came out, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I think we chucked a couple of other names around, potentially, but we couldn't really see anybody else in that role. We just felt like he had the right look, the right kind of mood, of, well, from what we've seen him in anyway. And we're big fans of Friday Night Lights, as you can see. Uh, and obviously, he was <laughs> he was uh, in that too. So um, we know he can play a bit of football. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, just- Wayne, Wayne, do you have that buzzer for uh, when we do that thing we do? Uh, when we uh, when we each pick the same person, <laughs> no, I, I don't actually. I, I actually erased my dinger bell. I replaced it on my board here with the NFL draft uh, jingle. <laughs> but, uh, um, but no, yeah, we both picked uh, Michael B. Jordan, and like you guys, and I'll let Jesse go into more depth with it too. I actually felt like it was a no brainer. It was a first name, a first character that popped into my head. Yeah. Mostly not, not even with a football thing. I didn't even think about that. What I thought about is the character of Willie Beeman is such an intense character. And even some of the lighter scenes, he's still very intense. And I feel like nobody does intense on screen. Like Michael B. Jordan does. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. And uh, yeah, yeah. We, we just couldn't see past him. Yeah. Wayne definitely presented him first and I knew that's where we had to go, but Wayne and I have a history of kind of going back and forth just for fun seasons. So I had to present him with uh, Denzel's son, actually. John David Washington uh, also has a football background, had played a football player in the show Ballers. And so uh, that's who I had kind of pushed with Wayne. And uh, we really settled on uh, Michael B. Jordan because we knew that was the brightest star that we could put as the Willie Beeman character. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I really kind of did my pushing for uh, Denzel's son. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he, he came up we, in some uh, of our we, chats. We definitely discussed John David Washington as well, but for for a little bit later down the line. So, hmm. well, that's funny. You said a little bit later down the line. Obviously, we're getting into Julian Washington, and this was a character where uh, LL Cool J had originally played the character. Uh, he was prior to this. He was in the movie Toys, uh, Halloween H two O, Deep Blue Sea. Uh, in too deep. So he had some acting experience going into this. He wasn't just going straight from rap to acting. Uh, <laughs> and the thing about him, obviously, is he's very big and bulky, you know, and kind of somebody who I felt like could push around Willie Beeman. And he does. And actually they get into a little fight in the shower. And I mentioned that to Jesse because Jesse also talked about John David Washington for this role. And I said, but I can't picture John David Washington beating up Michael B. Jordan. So as I can't kind of put him in that role. And, um, I don't know, Jesse, if you want to take it from here, what we kind of discussed or what direction we were looking at. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, we like to really push each other when it comes to these roles, whether it's when we're going against each other or in this awesome opportunity that we have to go against another podcast. It's we want to make sure we really give a, ourselves the best. And so I pushed for again for John David Washington, thinking that he has the frame, the football pedigree, really just the resume to be able to do this. And I think, you know, he most recently did Tenet. So um, he, he's really getting on the big screen more often now. So I pushed it, um, and instead we ended up going with somebody that has, a, uh, I think, a more intimidating physique, someone who could really um, play that role and who hasn't had much big screen uh, presence yet, but he's done some smaller screen stuff for the CW, um, and he's on the Riverdale show as well as plays uh, Black Lightning, and this is Jordan Calloway. Um, I didn't know of him before, 
Um, even though I watched Riverdale a bit, I couldn't have, you know, pictured him when I see his name. And maybe you guys will have to do a search for him. Um, but I yeah, did a Google search. I think, it was, I think it was the third image I saw of Jordan Calloway with a shirt off. And I go, boom, there it is. That's our guy. Yeah, I'd seen the, I've seen a little bit of Black Lightning before, but yeah, I hadn't I hadn't thought about this guy, but he's certainly got like the physique for it, hasn't he? Yeah, I must say to... I haven't seen anything of him, but definitely he has the right look for sure. Yeah, and I, How I old is he? Like... he looks quite young. I think mm-hmm. he's twenty six or twenty seven. No, so he's obviously thirty. Yeah. Oh yeah, so he's gonna be a little bit younger, maybe than Willie Beeman. I know that's kind of a weird thing because Julian Washington was kind of felt like towards the twilight of his career, but also in the NFL running backs are towards the twilight of their career at 27, 28. So. Mm, yeah, I can see that. We're trying to stretch. <laughs> well, do you want to hear who we went for them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now this is someone that I heard you guys recast in another one of your podcasts. Um, I'm just trying to think what role it was for when I was listening, but um this is someone who's been around for yeah a little while now. He's been in some pretty uh, big things, but uh, yeah, go on, David. Tell them who it is. Yeah, I think it was one your of shout. I really liked about the the character Julian Washington is just that he is really cool. Like he just looks calm and cool and relaxed. He walks into a room and he owns it, and he's wearing ridiculous sunglasses and he pulls them off or whatever. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what I wanted to get. So we went for um, John Boyega, um, who I just think just oozes cool, to be honest. Yeah, I like John Boyega. He was actually on my list as well. I had like a list of like 20 names, I think, for this role. <laughs> and uh, he was uh, one of the names I had on the list. Uh, you guys mentioned he was in the our Breakfast Club episode. We'd actually recasted him as the role of Andrew, uh, the Emilio Estevez uh, role, because I wanted a, a football player instead of a wrestler. And oh, so we yeah, went, yeah, so we went with him. But uh, yeah, he's definitely got the physique as well. I think that he's you know, built, he could be intimidating. Uh, I know he's done a couple of other series. He did that movie Detroit, I think. So kind of more of a serious yeah. role than Star Wars. Yeah. I, I think like he he just I feel like he could give that confidence that Julian Washington has to just be like just ordering around the quarterback. So yeah, that was kind of what I was uh, drawn to him. Oh, what did you, Jesse, about like uh, John Boyega? I like to pick a lot. Like you said, he was on your list, and he was one of the few names that I had really kind of rolled around in my brain before we had settled on our, our Jordan Callaway, but. I think he certainly has the physique. Um, he fits the age profile, um, and he's really climbing his ranks as far as you know the cinematic world out there. I mean, after you get into a Star Wars film, um, it, you know you're really ready to start kind of branching out and getting into other things. Um, you start to get more well known. So I think he's definitely ready. Now, something that I like to do is if there's an interesting fact about the film. So LL Cool J was originally cast as Willie Beeman, and then when they brought in Jamie Foxx, who of course had very little experience, he did it in Living Color, you know, he did uh, a lot of smaller movies, and he was mostly a stand-up comedian. And they brought him in to be the Willie Beeman role, and I guess LL Cool J did not take lightly to that. And there was a lot of tension on the set, and I guess apparently that fight scene in the locker room, he actually did strike him. And uh, <laughs> Jamie Jamie Foxx uh, wanted to file uh, assault charges against him. Later on, LL Cool J came out with a rap song saying, like, a pussy like Jamie Foxx or something like that. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Didn't know any of that. Full circle. Yeah. 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 I could imagine that LL Cool J would have done a better song than uh, Jamie Foxx. I mean, because <laughs> that Willie Beeman song's painful. And Jamie the. Uh, would have a better song than the Willie Beeman song. Oh, the, Evan, the Any Given Sunday song that they play over the end credits is really terrible as well. Yeah. And that's Jamie, Jamie Foxx written by, uh, produced by, sung by. Yeah. Oh, I think I would have preferred oh. LL Cool J. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> stick to covering ray charles songs <laughs> yeah he's great in that <laughs> all right how about you guys uh taking it with a cap rooney or jack rooney what are you guys thinking on that oh we had real dilemma with this one i mean i felt i had one name uh which was chris pratt which i was like i i, I said straight away i was like i thought chris pratt i'd definitely go for because he's that right sort of age you know what maybe early 40s i mean i i think uh cap's meant to be 38 in this but dennis quaid was like 45 or something like that yeah so we thought early Correct. 40s is probably about right um but then we we just went around and around, didn't we, David? We just couldn't. We went yeah, to so we, many people for this one. Just couldn't really get somebody with the right look, you know. Um, we we threw a couple of names around. We would, we'd think about like Joel McHale from Community for a little bit, and he he played football at college level, I think, as well. So, but I don't know. I think he's like a bit too tall and a bit too handsome. Really, you kind of want somebody that looks like they've been through the ringer a, a little bit. Um, I think that's why they cast Dennis Quaid as like who was forty five playing a thirty eight role because they wanted him to look a little bit older than his age because of how tough it was the career he'd had. I think if we were recasting this, you probably would make this character a little older now because a thirty eight year old quarterback isn't that impressive. You know, there's this, there's a few of them, so um, maybe you would go for somebody a little older. We also talked about Nikolai Costa Waldo. I think that's how you pronounce it, who's uh, Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. But uh, okay. the, it was actually after we'd had our discussions that I text James like, oh, I think we've, I think I found one. And it's uh, Taylor Kitsch who um, played Tim Riggins uh, so in in Friday Night Lights. So we're really, we're really hanging on our Friday Night Lights. Uh, <laughs> we're basically just bringing the whole team over. Uh, so, yeah, um, that's who we decided on in the end. We think like he's got the right kind of age and, and look. Uh, you know, it's quite a quite a dashing sort of Captain America style. Well, it's funny you mentioned Captain America because the first name on my list was Chris Evans uh, for this yeah. role. Um, obviously, then I thought of some of the other names. Bradley Cooper was a guy I thought of. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, right, was another guy I thought of. Um, but I will. It's so funny. Uh, Jesse actually really, really pushed, and I actually had to do extra research to go with his pick. But I'll let him take it. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. I have watched the movie and every season of um, a certain show, um, <laughs> and uh, I, I had to present it to say, "Hey Wayne, I really think that uh, this guy from Friday Night Lights uh, could really pull off uh, Cap." And yes. uh, I presented him with uh, Taylor from Friday Night Lights <laughs> and uh, from some other things. Yeah, so if, if we had that buzzer, we'd have our buzzer going off. I think this. In our six episodes prior that we've done, I think we've yeah. only matched up actors once. And so this is awesome that we've there had we it go. twice so far. <laughs> um, but it, I think it, I think it shows that we all have the right you know frame of mind when it comes to this character. Um, and I, I really had to push it a little bit. And um, I, I said, Wayne, you know, look at him, do a little bit. And he had actually just started Friday Night Lights. I think you're still within the first season or two. I'm on season three now, yeah. Okay, and so he did a little YouTube search, and he started looking at clips, and um, he found a clip, and honestly, it was an obscure clip, and I was shocked that that's the clip he presented me, but 
It was a clip from X Men where he played Gambit. Oh, yeah. Right, Remy LeBeau. Yep. Yeah. And that, yeah, I watched mm. that clip, and uh, I, I just, I don't know what it was about that clip. I mean, I know he was also in Twenty One Bridges with Chadwick Boseman, um, but I watched that clip from X Men Origins Wolverine uh, with Taylor Kitsch as Gambit, and I just, that was the scene. I was like, all right, I can get on board with this. Nice. Yeah, I, I just think he's got, he's got the right look. He's got the right personality. You know, I just, I can see it. I can really see it. So I'm glad we're on the same page on that one. Yeah. He's a leader, Texas forever. Texas forever. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jesse, what do you think about uh, Christina Pagniacci? What were your thoughts? Uh, So I had a few initial thoughts, um, and um, I sent them over to you um, after you had sent over your spreadsheet. I mean, I had a few names each, and Wayne had like 10 names per, like minimum. So he really (laughs) – he gets the A for homework here, the A for effort. Uh, But um, I sent a few names, and then he sent me his top name. And I sent him like the puke emoji. Uh, so uh, his top <laughs> name. <laughs> Who's your top name, Wayne? I, I went with Jessica Alba was my first choice. Um, oh, wow. I thought, that was. I thought yeah. she would be really good. But Jesse didn't like it. Yeah. So. I, I didn't see her having the intimidation, the confidence, uh, the bravado, or may I say the bollocks uh, to play this <laughs> role. Of course, I mean, in, in the first five minutes of any given Sunday, we hear Cameron Diaz swear. I don't think I've seen any film where I see Jessica Alba swear. So I think I just needed to be presented with someone that had a bit more balls. And so I presented him with Margot Robbie. You have to get that buzzer out again, guys. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we, she's, we the only one. She's, she's the only one we talked about, really. Yeah, I think I think we just locked that, locked that one in straight away and, and barely discussed it again, to be honest. So... We, She's we just were, perfect. It seemed like the right person for the role. Oh, Wayne, yeah, Wayne had sent me a message yeah. and said, I, I know it should be her, but there's just something about it that I can't get over. I don't know what it is. And I'm like, <laughs> get over it, man, because she that's the one. She's perfect. Yeah, she is. Like that energy from um, like I, Tonya or Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. You know, she like you're not going to mess around with her, are you? I mean. And yeah, she's she's great. She's the right age. I think Cameron Diaz is twenty seven in this, uh, and I think Cameron Diaz, like for uh, we always give out an MVP for each film when we when we review it, and we gave Cameron Diaz our MVP for this one because I just think she's so good in it. Like you know, she stands up to all those like strong male characters, like, and she just totally like holds her own. Yeah, definitely. I could see we, we could only really see Margot Robbie doing that. Definitely, Harley Quinn, man. What are you gonna do? <laughs> And just still has oh, that just a little street. bit of sort of you know delicateness or whatever that that's needed. Just 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 a little bit. So yeah, it was really her credentials that made me think. All right, she's worked with Scorsese, Wolf of Wall Street. She worked with Tarantino. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. So why not work with Oliver Stone and and, and do this movie? Um, the only because she really is to me like a younger Sharon Stone who also would have been great for this at twenty seven, twenty eight. Um, although she's like sixty now, still looks great. But um, yeah, Margot Robbie, I think, was a no-brainer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and what do you guys? Because uh, I'll have you guys uh, start off with Luther Shark Levey, I guess. Oh, this oh, is man. the one that we now we went like talk about people like Marco, Margot Robbie, who was just like straight in when Michael B. Jordan straight in. This is the one we talked about the most, I think. Yeah, we, we really, really struggled. Just made, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we yeah we're just texting on now. Wait, just give us a second to make up. No, um, yeah. we went through a lot of houses, all around the houses. Let me see. Um, 
I still don't know who we definitely chose. <laughs> Just looking at it. We kind of... <laughs> We've got down to two. Yeah, we'd be asking I know the who I pick. director to We both have our own pick. Time on it. Yeah, we both had our own pick, really, I think, didn't we? Yeah. So Let me give you two names, and you just tell us which one you okay, prefer. We wanted like a hybrid of the two people we've thought That's of. That's right. So J- James came up with uh, a, a guy that I think is really good, but just didn't have the right physique, I didn't think. Yeah, so. that was uh, Michael Kenneth Williams, who was like Omar on The Wire. Um and he was in Boardwalk Empire. He's in quite a lot of stuff. Um, and he's definitely got, I mean, like, he looks tough. He's got, he's the guy with that, that scar right down the middle of his face. You know, um, he looks like he's been through the ringer, which I think, you know, Shark is basically falling apart, isn't he, in this film? Um, but we weren't, I don't, I, yeah, I, I would concede that maybe he, I don't think he's that tall. I think he's maybe about 5'10 or so. And I feel like Shark's this really big guy. So David yeah, I a different idea. Um, I, I drew on my WWE knowledge and suggested <laughs> a big E, uh, formerly Big E Langston, big e Langston. Because I just thought he had the physique. So really what I want is Michael Kenneth Williams in Big E's body. But yeah. uh, that doesn't really exist. So um, yeah, we couldn't. We couldn't really on this. <laughs> also, a wrestling fan here. So nice, nice. Well, I'll say that I started looking at every possibility, every angle. Who could we put in this role? I thought Terry Crews was a name that came we up. Oh uh, yeah, see, I said Terry Crews, and like he's he's about he's nearly sixty now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, but he Lord still looks Taylor great. Yeah, I mean, Lawrence Taylor is probably 50 or 45 in this role, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but he's playing somebody who's 30 something. Yeah. Um, obviously, Lawrence Taylor, one of the probably the greatest defensive player of all time in NFL history. Um, I think Reggie White, but that's fine. We'll go Lawrence Taylor. And obviously, he only is before this movie's played himself when he played Lawrence Taylor on The Waterboy and he played Lawrence Taylor and Married with Children. Um, so, <laughs> but obviously, he's a big star and he's in the opening scene of The Blind Side, right? He gets the sack, breaks Theismann's legs. Uh, had broke his leg and that's what ended up leading to the left tackle becoming such a valuable position so that being said i had i couldn't get who i wanted uh, it seemed like nobody i plugged in i plugged in other athletes i thought maybe like Dwayne wade right because he's six five you know could he play that role right, but it doesn't yeah. seem doesn't seem mean or strong enough you know oh so, uh, yeah i said Shaq, didn't i yeah well, we just, that's yeah. kind yeah. of what we wanted really we wanted yeah. an athlete in this role I'm, like maybe Shaq back in like Blue Chips era, you know, early or mid mid nineties when he before it could be too heavy now for that role, but you when know, he when was he was a bit, yeah, exactly. Like early Shaq, I would have given it to because he's he's got the charisma for it. So Jesse sent me a name, and as soon as I saw it, I was I was like, yes, that's the one. We're going with that. So I'll let him tell me who uh, all about that. Absolutely, and Wayne gave me the lead in um, saying that you know Lawrence Taylor is arguably one of the greatest uh, NFL players of all time, and so I was like, why not do it again? And so I sent him Ray Lewis, uh, another linebacker guy that uh, can get pretty preachy. He can certainly be a leader on the field, um, and he is about that age of a retired player. Um, but if you are a football fan at all, he played for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, in the yeah. NFL, he's considered to be a, a top linebacker of all time. Um, and uh, that is essentially the same position um, or the same positional group that Lawrence Taylor played. So I just I drew on that same position, that same charisma. And I feel like I can plug and play that same person in there. We're going to get the, the same impassioned guy. I've, I've got to say, I think you've, you've nailed it there. You've nailed it. Yeah, yeah he, looks, he looks just right. That's why I told Jesse I said because you know he's an ESPN now he's an NFL analyst um, and he, he 
is somebody who I could actually picture in his playing days actually cutting a car in half. Like I could picture him doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jesse, we're going to, uh, I guess uh, we lead it off on uh, Dr. Harvey Mandrake, uh, I guess, which was played by James Woods in this movie and brilliant, brilliant performance by James Woods, who is always great. He's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously before this, he's in Casino, The Specialist, uh, The Getaway. Uh, my actual favorite James Woods movie is a boxing movie called Digstown. It's it's tremendous with Louis Gossett Jr. Um, okay. And uh, he's just fantastic in this role. But I wanted somebody who would come across as a little bit shady, a little bit kind of on the sleazy side. Yeah. But not a bad guy. He's just kind of playing the game the way it's presented to him. And he's playing it the right way. Yeah. And uh, I ended up going with... Um, or we ended up going with, and I'll let Jesse again continue on my thought, but we went with Willem Dafoe on this one. Uh, we thought that right. he kind of plays that role perfectly in all of his movies from the Green Goblin on. Um, I'm curious, Jesse, when you were thinking Willem Dafoe, what was your thought process? Um, well, uh, I think that, you know, again, that name was on your list, so i got to give you the credit for that. And I, I want to also agree with you that James Woods played a brilliant performance. I think, you know, as far as smarmy goes, he, he <laughs> is smarmy. Um, but, uh, when we went with William Defoe, I could think of, you know, like you said, Green Goblin and the Boondock Saints. I think he has that bravado. He has that look about him. I just think he, he fits like a glove. Yeah. It's a nice, it's a nice selection. I'd say. I've, I feel like we've got somebody kind of in the same, uh, wheelhouse as, as William Defoe, haven't we, James? Yeah, we have. We, we went through quite a lot of people for this role. Um, uh, who did we? Who was that we almost went for? David, was it? Well, we moved people James? around, didn't we? So, yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we did. Yeah, that's it. Maybe we should. Yeah, because we moved yeah, somebody into another role. Yeah, that's much, true. Much like Cool J, so they'll be very disappointed. I'll have thought. Mm. Yeah, well, the person we've got for Doctor Mandrake, I think, is exactly like you were saying. He's quite shady. Um, like you know he i feel like he would fit this role really really beautifully um and that was steve bashimi yep. um you know who is in basically i don't know everything you know <laughs> uh, like, yeah fargo pulp fiction uh rest of our dogs every adam sandler movie <laughs> yeah Bo Bo Empire. yeah you know uh, armageddon yeah yeah of course um, and like you, we could just see him being um, that sort of uh, the doctor that like will give you the, uh, the the tablets under the counter or you know write you a few scripts on the side to take home for that to medicate that pain. Yes, yeah, sorry, James. I think something I'd seen recently that that sort of made me think of him as well was um, the Death of Stalin, which I watched again, and he plays mm. Nikita Khrushchev. And there's a lot of underhand tactics in that that film and basically he's doing all these things that you know the normal person wouldn't do but he's not doing them as you say to be bad he's doing them because that's politics that's the way it's done <laughs> and i kind of feel like that's what, what james woods is doing in this one too so yeah yeah all right and from one doctor to another i guess you guys uh what are you guys thinking with uh dr ali powers we went through a lot of people for this one didn't we um, yeah we wanted like a real opposite of mandrake you know younger more principled better looking you know all of these <laughs> kind of things um so yeah we went through a few roles a uh, few names we went jo joseph gordon levitt we talked about oscar isaac we talked about uh alden however you pronounce Han solo that yeah <laughs> um, so yeah but we ended up on um nicholas holt uh he's like kind of 
the opposite of Steve Buscemi in lots of ways. So yeah, um, just feel like he'd he'd be quite a sort of shining light doctor in the corner doing everything right. So yeah. I think uh, Nicholas Holt is actually one of my favorite recasting guys. He's on every list, every movie that we do. <laughs> oh, really? And and we actually, uh, I recasted him uh, when me and Jesse did A Few Good Men. I recasted him in the Tom Cruise role. Oh, um, nice. I thought yeah. he'd be really good in that. Um, but yeah, that's a great choice. I definitely like that. Um, I didn't realize, you know, he's like six foot five or six foot four. Yeah, he's he's really tall. Yeah. I think that was something I noticed when we were watching it through, like, Dr. Powers does sort of look a bit bigger and taller and, you know, just sort of towers over um, Dr. Mandrake. So I did want somebody that looked a bit different. Yeah, I yeah. think it, I was, think... it wasn't Mandrake's size that was intimidating. It was really his experience and the way he carried himself. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Jesse, because I think when we were looking at the role, and, and I mean, I listed, again, another 20-name thing where I was trying to come up with anybody I could think of that would really fit that younger doctor, the more ethical doctor. And when mm -hmm. I say ethical, I think we know from the movie, more naive doctor, right? He doesn't quite understand fully how this is going. He wants to do the right thing, but we do see him at the end giving the injections to Shark because he's like, he starts playing the game now. He's got to do what he's got to do. Yeah. Uh, so I started to think of all the younger kind of... Um, I thought of Zach Braff because obviously he'd played a doctor in Scrubs. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, um, but it was that I sent a list over to Jesse and uh, Jesse is the one that kind of picked this character. Yeah, the one that I landed on is somebody that I haven't seen in a while, but in stuff that I've seen him in, he is a, a good looking guy. Like you guys mentioned, you want someone who is uh, pretty polar opposite of, of who uh, Mandrake is. So we wanted a younger, good looking guy that's at least going to pull off the naive role. And so we went with, um, off his long list, I sent over the one name, Freddie Prince Jr. That's nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, I haven't seen him in anything for ages. No, obviously, yeah. Uh, that's from... why I was surprised he was on that list. But, I mean, she's all that. I mean, Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the last thing I saw him in was Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. may, may have killed his career. <laughs> up in the last Star Wars movie. Did was he? the last Star Wars movie? The, the uh, Rise of Skywalker. Was he not in that one? I don't, know. Sure. I, I don't remember seeing him in it. The little officer or something? Oh, he had like one of Craig Roseworth. <laughs> no, I know. Um, yeah, the last thing I saw him in is uh, those around here. Obviously, all the commercials we get for Cascade. It's him and Sierra Michelle Geller saying we do it every night. Uh, they're talking about washing their dishes. <laughs> I bet they do. I would if I was married to Sarah Michelle Geller as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he looks a little bit older now. He's got some salt and pepper in his hair, but uh, he still plays that young kind of fresh guy. So I thought uh, it'd be a great role for him. Um, yeah, I guess Jesse. I think are we leading off with? Uh, the offensive coordinator, Nick Crozier, played by Aaron Eckhart. Um, again, going into this movie, did a couple of episodes on TV, a couple of smaller movies, nothing really big. Obviously, since then, he's gone on to do the Batman movies and all kinds of stuff. Um, but when I was thinking of him, I was thinking like a 35-ish kind of role, the young offensive coordinator who's up and coming, who you know is going to eventually take over for Al Pacino. And I'm Jesse's the one that threw this name out there again. I'll let him uh, take it from here um, and, and his reasoning as well. Well, I, I just got to say, I love the alley-oops that we've got going on here. This is great teamwork, <laughs> great chemistry. Um, but uh, as far as the name that I saw, I mean, this name was on his list, but as soon as I saw it, I go, Oh, I love it. Got to go with it. And uh, it's Jason Sudeikis. I've seen him in a lot of comedic roles, uh, yeah. horrible bosses and SNL, of course. Um, but most recently, he is Ted Lasso. 
Mm-hmm. Um, in the Apple TV show where, you know, he was a football coach, then gets transferred across the pond to then go ahead and be a, a soccer or, or football coach so um, or manager. So I think um, it's something that, that show is something that I haven't fully seen yet, but I've heard wonderful things about it. Um, and so with that name, I said, Wayne, this is the guy I really think should be, you know, the offensive coordinator and, and the up and coming head coach. That's, yeah, that's a nice one. Did, did he come up in our – I'm sure Dave um... – he his name came up on for some role or other we were th- looking we at, did, didn't he? We did talk about it. Like uh, Ted Lasso, is something we got slightly differing opinions on. I wouldn't say James hates it or anything, but no, it's all right. Um, I I think Jason Sudeikis is is brilliant in that. Uh, personally, I think the show itself is good, but he is really. Oh good. yeah, we both so, really like uh, him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he lives in the nicest part of London that definitely doesn't exist. It's so. like it's unreal. Um, like the version of London in that show is unreal. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like he lives in like like the Harry Potter theme park or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it just is. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just yeah, a really platform like nine and three quarters. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I like that show. I can definitely see uh, Stakers in that. I think this is a role. Like, I completely agree with everything you guys said. Really about the casting. And I couldn't really come up with anyone. Uh, James came up with this name and convinced me on it, actually, uh, with a movie that you guys talked about recently, which was Tenet, uh, yeah. because I just thought they put a great performance in Tenet. So, James, uh, who did we go for? We went for Edward Cullen himself, Robert Pattinson of uh, Twilight and Harry Potter and the Batman fame. Um, and Batman. yeah, most, yeah, and uh, yeah, and recently Tenet. I mean, um, I, I thought he was great in Tenet, and yeah, um, I think, yeah, he was. I think he was both of our favorite things about the film, actually, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's probably a little bit. What well, I guess maybe what ten years younger than Jason Sudeikis, something like that. So he would be on the younger end of the spectrum for it. But um, we just wanted someone sort of um, who had like a totally different, less grizzled look from like oh Nick Cage or or even Brian Cranston, you know, who's like been in the game a long time. We wanted someone who could look a bit sort of smooth and slick and, you know, uh, like they might be full of completely different ideas to someone who's been in the game for a long time. So, yeah, we we uh, we, we landed on Robert Patterson. We were also trying to shoehorn as many Brits in as possible. So Brits you know. and superheroes and people from Friday <laughs> yeah. Night Lights. Those were our three main contenders, really, weren't they? Our criteria. I, 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 <laughs> Yeah, I love I love uh, Robert Pattinson, <laughs> and uh, I'm actually gonna tell my so when Jesse and I first started doing this, uh, we talked about different casting choices and whatnot. And I remember way in our early shows, like our first show, or our second show, we were talking about Will Smith playing the genie in Aladdin, right? And there were a lot of people who didn't really <laughs> like the choice because you know it's hard to follow Robin Williams and anything. Oh, impossible! Yeah. So good, but I said, you know. I loved this casting because I said, he's not going to try to be Robin Williams. He's just going to be Will Smith. And Will Smith is exactly what the genie is. He's big. He's boisterous. He's, you know, fun, you know, and that's, I thought the casting was great. I said, he's going to do a great job. I thought he did do a great job. And then doubling down on it was when Jesse was talking about Robert Pattinson being cast as the next Batman. I said, I love it. I absolutely love Robert Pattinson as Batman. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really really excited to see what they do with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love that. Such a great wrestling. Oh, go ahead, Jesse. I, I just I really like the choice uh, for the character as well. But uh, what did you want to say? I was just gonna say I, I love his resume. I think people really try and pigeonhole him as, or, or only remember him as you know the glittery, you know vampire <laughs> from Twilight, um, or you know maybe his his role in the Harry Potter movies. Um, but um, 
he's really done a lot since then. And I think that, you know, great casting for you guys. And I also, you know, will share my excitement for him as the new Batman. Mm. Initially, I was very skeptical, though. Yeah, he just seems a little bit young, doesn't he? And, and he's not exactly, he doesn't look physically like imposing, but I like once you've seen that, even that first trailer, it's like, yeah, okay, definitely it's going to be good. Hopefully um, they, have, guys... they hired that Marvel trainer. That Marvel trainer knows how to get folks in shape. Yeah, Chris Pratt said thank you very much to him, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, all right, so you guys uh, get to uh, do our 10th cast member. That's uh, Jack Rose. I think oh, this goodness. this is the oh, yeah. most fun role to have in this movie. I think I think you could put there's a lot of different people you could put in there because it's not you know, a main character, but it's it's somebody who really steals the scenes that they're in um, and gets to be quite quite fun. So we we had a few different names. Uh, mm. J.K. Simmons was somebody that I thought could bring quite a good sort of a reporter vibe to it. Um, we talked about Kyle Chandler as well because uh, obviously Coach Taylor. Um, we wanted to get another Friday Night Lights person in there, but it was more because of his performance in like King Kong. I really like the way he plays this sort of slightly cowardly actor who's not quite what he appears, you know. Uh, but that's not who we went for in the end, was it, James? It was actually somebody we moved from another role, wasn't it? Yeah, we moved from Dr. Mandrake because um, this was my original suggestion for Dr. Mandrake before we. I think Dave must have suggested Steve Buscemi. I was like, yeah, definitely love it. Um, and we liked my previous choice quite a lot so we're like all oh, right we can move and we can we can salvage it so we went for james spader and we were sort of thinking of like you know he's he's robert california in the office um he's does like the blacklist um you know he's he's quite a you could see him being quite a good journalist i think because he's got that sort of he, he's really good at being quiet in scenes, you know, like if you people are talking to him, he just has like this blank sort of, um, you know, you can see the stuff going on below beneath the surface. So we thought he'd make a good journalist. I mean, that said, if you could bring John C. McGinley back to do it again, I think he'd do it. Just oh, like we it. love John C. McGinley in it. He's just great. Yeah, John C. McGinley is so good in everything. And obviously before this movie, he was in Platoon, uh, yeah. you know, obviously Office Space, uh, Wall Street. He's in, you know, he, he's in so many Oliver Stone films. So many. Yeah, so it makes sense, you know, just to kind of get somebody like that. Um, and I like John C. McGinley from Scrubs. Obviously, Doctor Cox yeah, is my yeah. favorite TV doctor, probably. Besides, oh, Doctor House too. <laughs> They're both kind of right there. Um, but no, I, I guess I'm a kind of. I've been alley-ooping to Jesse. But I'm gonna kind of take this one all the way to the hole, and I'll let him kind of follow up <laughs> as a cheerleader. Because uh, basically, with this role here, obviously, I thought of you know, it's got to be somebody who's annoying. That, that's the biggest thing. Annoying, smarmy, pretentious. I thought of Jim Rome in real life, you know, kind of like that kind of role, right? That, and uh, as soon as I saw this person's name, I said, this is who I want to go with. I'm glad that Jesse agreed when I sent him my list. He sent the same name back, and that was uh, Jay Moore, or uh, as we know him, oh, obviously, yeah. Sugar Bob from uh, Jerry Maguire. Uh, he's got his own podcast yeah. as well, big podcaster. Um but yeah, he's fantastic. I think Jay Moore plays that kind of just smarmy guy. And I think it would be a great Jack Rose type character that I could picture. Um, you know, uh, our uh, coach pushing him in the face or you know, whatever it is. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, Jesse, when you sent back Jay Moore, what was your train of thought? Uh, it, honestly, it, it was uh, from Jerry Maguire. I mean, I just remember that character as well. When you see someone's face, I think you remember a certain character they played. And that's the character that I remember him playing. And it was just like, oh, man, I could remember the annoying feeling I had watching this dude. And I'm like, that's <laughs> a guy I could remember. I could picture 
you know, Cranston just pushing this guy's face into the dugout <laughs> uh, or, in, or in, you know, in the, you know, so, some place of danger where he's going to have to end up paying for it. So um, once I saw the name, I knew that was the one I wanted to pick. I'm glad that you agree, agreed immediately. I mean, um, you know, your list was uh, a godsend because we were able to kind of just pick right off it and cherry pick. But I'm glad we agreed a lot so much. We usually don't agree this much. Um, but um, you guys brought up J.K. Simmons, and I just wanted to kind of sneak in there. That's somebody that I had actually pitched for uh, the coach at first. That was one of my first picks there. So oh, yeah. I thought maybe yeah. he could have worked in that role. But, um, you know, ultimately uh, we felt Cranston, you know, was right for that role. Yeah, I, I really like Jay Moore. I haven't seen him in anything for a long time. Like, um, I think of him mostly from the film Go from like the late nineties as a Doug Liman film, um, and he's yeah, he's the same sort of character in that. Just like, you know, just an annoying like irritation. So uh, yeah, I think he would be he would be a really good choice. I just I wondered what has happened to his career since then, really. But uh, maybe he's been in stuff and I've just missed him. It does happen. Well, I know he's a stand-up comedian, so he's out on the road. He does a lot of celebrity impressions. So, oh right. Um, but yeah, actually, J.K. Simmons. I, I will say that um, I always say, probably at least once a week, I say to my daughter, at some point, the line from Spider-Man, I'm gonna go, "Crap, crap, mega crap." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's um, brilliant. All right, so let me ask you guys. I'm so, one of the, usually, what's that, Chance? I'm sorry, I just want to sneak in. My mom said that I couldn't cast J.K. Simmons in anything because of who he played in Oz. I don't know if anybody here has seen the show Oz, oh, but I never because watched of who it. he played, she said that she could never see him in anything again. Um, I'd say look it up and see if it's up your alley before you actually commit to watching it, but I'm kind of read the synopsis and see if it's something that's you know even to your liking. Um, but she saw all of it, saw who he played in that role, and was like, I can't ever unsee him as that guy. Um, and it's it's not a great guy. <laughs> he's he's the uh, the leader of the white supremacists in prison. Oh right. yeah, yeah. Fellies. I mean, that's 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 a tough one to come back from. Although I was, I mean, I think yeah. of all of his roles. Obviously, I haven't seen um, the drummer movie with Miles Teller. Um, which I haven't seen oh, that yet. Yeah, that's meant to be yeah. great. Yeah, uh, but I didn't see that as well. So yeah, if you guys like sports movies, obviously, I'm sure you've seen For Love of the Game, and he's the manager of the team. Um, I haven't seen so that. Was, actually, no. Oh, you haven't seen that with Kevin Costner? No, no, yeah. It's like his 13th baseball movie or something. <laughs> 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 um, all right, cool. So we usually end the show with any sort of, I know we've talked a little bit about some of the guys we thought about casting. Was there anybody that you guys were really close and then you kind of just bailed on at the last second? I mean, we went through a lot, but we had a, like an extra bonus casting that I don't know if you'll allow us to put just through. Oh, bring it on. James, yeah. I thought personally, so I'll let him just take this one. <laughs> well, like, when we when we watched uh, any given Sunday, one of the I mean, there's a lot of themes in that film. There's you know they keep coming up all the way through, um, but there's these really sort of oblique references to stuff um, like the they got a lot of the stuff from the Romans, and there's a lot of Ben Hur clips throughout when uh, they're around at Tony D'Amato's house. Willie Beeman's around there, and Ben Hur's on the background. You see um, Charlton Heston, you know, rowing the, sla- the in the slave ship, and then you see him in the the, the scene at the uh, at the arena at the Coliseum, and then he turns up later on as the commissioner, right? Um, so we thought it would be really good to have a similar sort of duality of casting. So I suggested we should put Russell Crowe of Gladiator fame as the commissioner so we could have 
scenes from Gladiator playing out at Tony D'Amato's house early in the film, and then he could turn up at the end and he could be the commissioner. So, like, if you'll allow us to sneak that one in, you know, that would be yeah. that would be good of you guys. <laughs> I think that's a phenomenal idea. I actually really like uh, having awesome. Gladiator playing and then having Russell Crowe be the commissioner. Uh, yeah. We actually had a kind of a bonus one that we talked about. Again, it wasn't a character that we had on our list, but we thought Jim Brown played the defensive coordinator on the team. Um, and obviously he's you know the greatest running back or one of the greatest running backs of all time in the NFL. But uh, I think Jesse had suggested uh, Delroy Lindo, and I thought Lewis Gossett for that role. Delroy. Nice. Yeah. Lewis Gossett. I have to remember who that is now. <laughs> all right. Well, well, before we let you out of here, I actually do have oh, to yeah. ask you guys. I know I'd mentioned on um, – you know, on Twitter, I'd ask you guys about, I said, are soccer movies as big in England as football movies are over here in the United yeah. States? And I thought of like soccer movies. I mentioned to you guys, like the ones I've seen are all comedies, right? Like Kicking and Screaming, Ladybugs, right? But the one serious soccer movie, and I, I loved this movie, was a Green Street Hooligans. Um, it was so good. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen Green Street, but it was a long time ago. I think we can probably squeeze it in as a sports movie to do it at some point again, for sure. So I'd, I'd love to go back to it. It's not think, the best um, face of soccer, I would say. No, but it is quite, <laughs> you know, it, it was true uh, of a time. I'm not sure the hooliganism is quite as bad anymore, but it still exists in some part. But um, I don't think soccer movies really are that big over here, to be honest. We don't get that many of them. Um, I mean, they would be, I think, but yeah, they just, I guess, because, you know, Amer- Hollywood films are funded by you know American studios, and so obviously you're going to get more American football, or what we call American football films, you know. Um, but I mean, there have been a couple. Uh, we uh, the goal uh, was a film that came out oh, fifteen plus years ago, um, which is actually really we watched it what maybe a month or so ago, and we've both seen it, but not for a while, and we both absolutely loved it. It was just so much fun. Uh, and there's a, there's three of those films, although I feel like they may prove the law of diminishing returns as they go on. Um, we also watched Bend It Like Beckham as uh, one of our films we did. Uh, and I'd never seen it before. I think David had seen it back yeah. Yeah, 15 years ago at the time. And we both really enjoyed that. So it's a really early Kira Knightley film. But um, yeah, yeah. We, we thought that was great. But yeah, there's there's not loads of, of one, uh, soccer films. One of my films. favorites is probably um, The Damned United, which is... Um, dramatization of a true story of uh brian clough who's one of the most famous football managers ever in in england um he he managed went to leeds united who were at the time the champions taking over from a legendary manager and he only lasted 42 days in the job and it's it's about his like tragic period of the worst (laughs) part of his career um it's just really well portrayed by um uh michael sheen michael sheen yeah (laughs) Um, also you know oh, oh sorry david yeah i was just i was gonna say the only other film that we've watched the other football film we've watched was uh escape to victory or i think it's just called victory <laughs> over there uh it's one with sylvester stallone in goal against the nazis which is worth watching just for that you know it's <laughs> it's if there's it's weird you know you've got pele on the same team as sylvester stallone and michael kane and it's kind of a it's a weird it's a weird watch but it's it, you know it's entertaining Maybe a, a soccer Ball documentary. On <laughs> uh, a soccer documentary. I would love. I'd probably be uh, anything about Ronaldo. I'm a huge um, Brazilian Ronaldo fan. And you could just call it Il Phenomeno, right? And it would be. Yeah. I would watch, oh, br- uh, original Ronaldo. Yeah. 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 I watch his highlights, and it's OG. just. It's, but 
mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 both really love um, Last Chance You uh, from the American football side of it, and um, what's the NFL one they did? Uh, hard knocks. No, yeah. I do like hard knocks. It's um, it's all or nothing, isn't it? All that's or nothing. Yeah, that's series. it. Uh, yeah, and they did do a football se- uh, a, a couple of seasons of that in the Premier League, but. Um, yeah, they did have like one of uh, Tottenham Hotspur, actually. Yeah, I feel like the ones that have been set in the Premier League are a bit more sanitised than the ones in the NFL, I feel like. Yeah. The NFL, you really see the warts and all. I don't think the teams have that much input in what goes out on air, whereas... And you wonder, ones, why, wonder why the Patriots have never been on there. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. A smart move, probably. Um, but yeah, uh, we've had one set around Manchester City and one set around Tottenham. I was actually quite quite disappointed with both of them. If you want a documentary that shows behind the scenes of a football club, uh, there's a there's one called Four Year Plan, which is um, the behind the scenes of Queens Park Rangers when they were owned by these uh, Italians. One of one of whom was Flavio Briatore, who was an owner of a Formula One team, and they were all very um, very. Uh, expressive about how they wanted to pick the team themselves and they just sacked manager after manager after manager. Uh, and it's completely, yeah, warts and all, as I say, that, that <laughs> it is amazing that it ever made it to air, I think. <laughs> all right. Well, that kind of uh, wraps up the show. Uh, I don't know if Jesse, any final thoughts you want to go? Uh, I really just want to, you know, say thank you to you both for, you know, taking time out of your, your night. I'm sure it's, later in your day than it is here uh for us um but really appreciate you taking the time i've enjoyed the episodes that i've heard from field of screen so far and we will certainly uh continue to listen and follow and and promote what we see from you guys and uh you know again we we thank you for your participation and your awesome choices again the the matching of roles on a few of these was was awesome yeah i can't believe we got that buzzer out three times yeah it's been (laughs) it's been really fun really enjoyed it thanks and thanks for all your support on uh, Twitter as well. We'll likewise. Two way street. Awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be we'll be hitting the RT button. <laughs> awesome. Definitely, Thank you so uh, much, guys. Yeah, definitely, guys. Check out uh, Twitter fos underscore pod. Um, definitely, it's a fun show. I like listening to it. I, went, I listened to a whole episode the other day when I went to go pick up some uh, Olive Garden here, and uh, on my way home. Because <laughs> actually, it's a, it's a like hour forty five, right? Hour fifty minute episode. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we leave it quite long. Yeah, I usually listen to half of it on the way there and half on the way back. So <laughs> nice. Um, we, yeah, we get, yeah, we get having... to find out what you guys like about the kits. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. What did you think of the clothes in this film? I mean. Hello, cool. Oh, the nice but... jerseys. Oh, oh, poor, yeah. poor uh, job. Worst awful. thing I've ever seen. Yeah, awful. The worst Those kits in any atrocious. sports film. Yeah, really terrible. Yeah, I'll probably say of all the football movies, it's definitely the worst. Uh, any uniform set. I mean, even if you go to like the replacements, we had like the Washington Generals, or whatever it is. I mean, the uniforms in that were better. I mean, this even the Sharks. <laughs> the Sharks had the best uniforms, and they were just black. Yeah, the Sharks look great. The Sharks the shark, look amazing. Yeah. Everybody else is rubbish. Yeah. Oh, the nights were so bad. We really hated the nights. <laughs> I wanted to make sure to mention that because I know you guys, you know, you guys look at the the certain kits that that the clubs will wear. So we wanted to make sure we we threw that your way and said, look at these awful <laughs> nights. <laughs> yeah, we definitely agree on that as well. All right. Well, from uh, me, Jesse, uh, feel the screens, guys. Uh, definitely, thanks for joining the show, and uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed it, and you'll check it out and listen some more. Definitely. It was great. Thank you so much for having us. Bye. Thank you so much, guys.